You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Oh, it's good to be back, boys. It's good to be back in the movie review business. <laughs> the draft hits and comes and goes, and that means Mackie and Judd and Declan start to fire up our cinematic adventures once again here. If you're new, this is, well, this is Action Movie Rewind. We also have the Action Movie Rewind's close cousins, Rom-Com Rewind and Sports Movie Rewind, all as part of the Mackie and Judd Movie Rewind franchise. Uh, In this case, with Action Movie Rewind, we do deep dives into some of the most prominent action movies of all time. And today's journey brings us to Fast Five, the fifth installment, and maybe the most prominent installment of the Fast and the Furious franchise from 2011. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into we'll, It's going to be in statements form. We kind of altered the format a year ago, so we'll do s- statements on this movie. We'll set it up. But since this is the return, this franchise has been on, uh, not, the, not the Fast franchise, the movie review franchise has been on hiatus since the beginning of last football season. So we have, for sure, 12 weeks of movie reviews ready for you. We're going to alternate between action movies, rom-coms, because we got to get Judd's thoughts on romantic comedies and some sports movies. Good ones. We've done somewhere between, like, I want to say 70 and 100 movie reviews over the last three years. And they're all just kind of, like, scattered throughout the Friday shows on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. So I am working. I started this yesterday. I'm working on setting up a new podcast feed with every movie review that we've ever done, going back to, like, the pandemic in 2020. So if you if you if, wow. if you missed us doing Rocky Four a few years ago, boom, it'll be available in a podcast feed for you. So just so the audience knows, and it's not ready right now, but Rocky Five, not so much. Eh, I probably skip that one. Although that would be Rocky Five would be a great one for the purposes of this show because we look for movies that are right flawed that they have, yeah they're flawed or they're or they're like there's themes that you can kind of poke fun at or have fun conversations sure. off of, and that one has a bunch of them. But here's the before we get to the Fast Five review here, here's the list of movies that we have from now until basically Vikings training camp. And then we might keep it going, but it's it's definitely a summer thing for us. So Fast Five, Crazy Stupid Love, Great movie. Jerry Maguire. We have not done Jerry Maguire as a sports or a rom-com movie. It's kind of both. Bullet Train came out last summer with Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. The American President. From 1995 with Uh Michael Douglas, Uh Michael J. Fox, Tin Cup, the 1990 version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, my God. So jacked. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Amazing. Such a good. Mighty Ducks 2. We've done Mighty Ducks already. Uh Skyscraper with The Rock, What Women Want, and Slapshot is the list of the next 12 weeks for us. Love it. All right. Any complaints? Any thoughts? Any? 
No, I don't think so. Uh, as no, I as, as I said to you guys in the in an email, which I guess I'll bring to the show. You know, last year we did Top Gun Maverick. That, that warranted an in theater experience. Um, I I haven't like really scanned the summer blockbusters and rom com or AMRs that are coming out. So there there could be a moment where maybe we pivot to one of those if it's necessary. Yeah. But outside we'll of that, I think that's a, that's a solid list of what what to do. I don't know that there's any, you know that Top Gun was such a huge, huge thing culturally. I, I don't know that, that we have any summer blockbusters that even approach that like genre of like, oh my God, this is going to be great well, because it ties the 80s together with the... Fast 10 is coming out yeah, next we'd week. Have, we'd have to... Yeah, I don't think that well, we, could, we, could we just skip ahead to that or do we maybe we come back? No, I did I read a story reason. that Fast 10, actually the film, the only previous film from the Fast series that you have to have seen to enjoy fast 10 is the film that we're going to talk about today oh okay fast five it, mm. it must tie it together although there are reasons why and this will come to light why um fast six to me is intriguing now okay yep so yeah and you can keep sending us subject some uh, suggestions i know a lot of people started listening to this show in purple daily well after we started doing uh, movie reviews in 2020 so some of you have who are new, we will get those up so you can binge them on a feed. But let's go through it here. Here is the description of Fast Five. Ever since ex-cop Brian O'Connor and Mia Toretto broke her brother Dom out of custody, they've traveled border to border to evade authorities. In Rio de Janeiro, they must do one final job before they can gain their freedom for good. Assembling their elite team of car racers, Brian and Dom know they must confront the corrupt businessman who wants them dead in Rio de Janeiro before the, before the federal agent played by the rock Dwayne Johnson on their tail finds them 78% on rotten tomatoes. The critics consensus summary says sleek, loud and over the top fast five proudly embraces its brainless action thrills and injects new life into the franchise. Mm Mm-hmm. This movie had a $125 million budget, and they blew it away at the box office. $626 million at the box office. Yep. Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, The Rock, Jordana Brewster, Ludacris, Gal Gadot, Tyrese Gibson. Just a loaded ton of people coming back for this. Mm -hmm. Some production notes before we get to our statements and opinions on this movie and our official villain rankings and et cetera. So Universal Pictures intended to transform this series from street racing action into a series of heist films with car chases. So they were trying to go from like this niche sort of, you know, Fast and the Furious to more of like the Ocean's Eleven kind of a thing. Uh Or like the Italian Job from 1969, the French Connection from 1971 with Fast Five as the transitional movie into that mainstream world. And so in April 2011, Universal Chairman Adam Fogelson said, quote, the question putting Fast Five and and Fast Six together for us was, can we take it out of being a pure car culture movie and into being a true action franchise in the spirit of those great heist films made a couple decades ago? Fogelson said the racing aspect put a ceiling on the number of people willing to see films in the series. And by turning it into a series where car driving ability is just one aspect of the film, he hoped to increase the series audience, and they were right. Yeah, this was the 100%. this was the blast off for this franchise. The Hobbs role, played by the Rock Dwayne Johnson, 
was originally written for. Did you guys see this yes. note? Yes, I did. No. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. So what, playing this playing the same guy he played in the fugitive yeah, or like pretty much every other Tommy uh, Jones movie? Tommy Lee Jones. Wow. The onset tension between Vin Diesel and Dwayne The Rock Johnson has been very well documented. Those guys hate each other. They don't seem to get on all that much uh, and constantly accuse each other of being late to set. But it all started with Fast Five and their contracts. As both alpha males contracts say that neither of them can lose a fight in a movie. It goes so far as it's reported that there are producers on set counting the punches that they throw. Yep. It's the reason why they were never properly brought together to fight in the movie. They had like a little fight scene, but it wasn't like a, you know, there wasn't a winner really. It's very quick too. So you can't really tell. Yep. Like they fly through stuff like a glass, like a glass. Right. But, but yes, it's very, it's, it's shot to make it very clear that you can't tell what's truly transpiring. I'm picking up on that. Let's uh, we'll go around the room a few times here. Uh, Jeb, we'll start with you. What's your first statement about Fast Five? Um, all that stuff is really because it, it it's clear that it turned into sort of a buddy comedy slash cartoonish thing, and it's enjoyable. But it's just it, the transitionary phase is clear. But my statement is this: I have never seen a film with such a huge heist about to take place where there is such a lack of urgency to actually get to said heist. And there's more beer drinking and celebrating in a warehouse, like the way that they drag the the film on and there's enough action. It's justified, but like, instead of like this being a well-tooled plan, like everything's about the plan, right? There are countless scenes where they're just sort of hanging out, partying in Rio, having fun. Well, how about the scene at the end? So they, comedy. The whole thing's over, and they wind up pulling the double switch with the vault, right? And yeah, I have a lot yeah. of questions about the physics of the vault chase. Oh, dude, Even if, if get, it, especially dude, if it's an empty vault, how does that thing not hit like a dude, like dude, a dude, seal in the concrete and go flying over a, the bridge? I got a list here of, of the implausible. If we started to go down that, that path, yeah, this is on one that. of the worst films we've ever reviewed, yeah. but it's not worth it but i'm just saying as far as the like the total lack of urgency to get to the actual heist and the amount of just time with like subplots and talking and drinking that's my biggest takeaway but then at the at the end of the movie so they they wind up in back in the warehouse right they're drinking they're hanging out who we just got done with this chase there's a hundred million dollars in cash right i think that was the number there's a hundred million dollars in cash in this giant vault Yes. That they have stolen and put into their warehouse, yes. with no urge. They just they crack it open. The money starts <laughs> flowing out, and they're all just like, "Yeah, this is great." Got the handprint from the girl's bikini. Yes, there's no urgency that okay. Maybe we need to like pack this money up and get the hell out of here as soon <laughs> as possible. Talking about they never want to leave. Bob's gave the 24 hours of like, oh sweet, we got 24 hours to really melt <laughs> right, this exactly. basically. Also they're coming for you. Why are you giving them twenty? If you're okay, if you're going to give them twenty four hours, why not just give them forever? Yeah, it's why would you make your job harder in that vein? And maybe we find out in Fast Six. I've never seen any of the future Fast and Furious movies, but Fast Six very clearly has a storyline. But yes, it was hilarious. I've never seen guys with a heist entertain themselves more than this group in that warehouse. All right, Dex, what's your what's your first statement? Okay, Uh, my first statement is. I cannot picture a more unfit group to raise a child. <laughs> so 
<laughs> Let me be clear that I would probably risk being a fugitive if it meant I had to run away with Jordana Brewster to Brazil. I would I might I might take that <laughs> risk. I might I love yeah. Jordana Brewster and I love Mia Toretto, so I might I might take the risk there. But in terms of what these people do and the lengths they go just to make their living, i.e. the job, we got one more job to do, which has always been the, the statement and the theme of all these movies. And now all of a sudden, Mia, while they're running away and like at, going from a very terrible place to like the middle of a jungle, she goes, yeah, I'm pregnant. Like she just announces her pregnancy in kind of a yeah. hilarious fashion. And then, you know, to the point of Judd where they're like, they're partying and Tyrese Gibson's character is like, uh, he's like, oh my God, you're pregnant. And they're all jacked. They're all super excited for him. That poor child is going to have probably like the worst upbringing of all time. Not like, and then of course, not even from the fact of like, because they'll have the money that's obviously stolen. I don't mean it from that thing, but just look at how these people live. These are the worst groups of people to possibly raise a little baby. It would not. It's funny because Paul Paul Walker's reaction was something you know, classic. Paul Walker, like, are I'm you not, serious? I'm not you going know? anywhere. Yeah, he, go, go, he sticks his tongue down her throat yeah. and then says, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Of course, this is like just days before a $100 million heist of yep. one of the biggest drug lords in the world, apparently. It's pretty funny. All right, my uh, my first statement is I love the way these movies flip who you're supposed to root for. This is, I mean, this is one of the better anti-hero franchises in cinematic history, I think. And I was trying to make a list of some of my other favorite anti-hero movies where, like, the cops show up and you're mad. You're like, no, get the cops out of here. I want the bad guy to keep doing what he's doing. You're basically rooting against the cops in these movies. Wolf of Wall Street falls in that category for me where you're just kind of like, oh, man, hopefully, hope, hopefully Leo can, like, crawl back into his home before the cops show up, right? Uh, Catch Me If You Can, another Leo DiCaprio anti-hero movie. Absolutely. Scarface, you're just like, oh, light him up. Yeah, light him up. So I just, I think it's it's such an intriguing concept that you're rooting for the bad guy, these questionable, like Declan said, dark human beings, and you're rooting for them to get one over on the police officers. But then the cops are corrupt too now. And then they just wind up joining the, yeah. Yeah, and then, but but what's great is is like uh, the the Rock's character who is this, like, you know, law and order, I got to take you in. And then he's like, if we're going to get the son of a bitch, I'll help you. All right. Yeah. All right, Shotgun Toretto. Uh, I mean, it's outstanding. All right. So a lot of this film itself, like, clearly makes zero sense. So I'm not even going to pick on, on that, because I think when you sit down to watch it, that's like a buy-in, right? But my next statement actually involves one character through the franchise until his real life tragic death. Paul Walker's character and what he get and what he can do makes no sense. He's he's a tall, <laughs> lanky guy, right? But but like Vin Diesel is the you know he beats muscle. people up and he's huge, right? Mm-hmm. And like the rest of the cast that they use, like. You know, uh, what, the the one character can op- open the safe. Tyrese Gibson is strong, but doesn't kick as much ass as Paul Walker. Paul Walker never loses a fight. And, like, he is as strong, seemingly, as Vin Diesel's character. And it makes no sense. So, like, his character throughout this... Oh, he's but he's, gift- got, he's a trained fighter, though, right? He's he, a cop, he has a He's a street he racer. Right, right. Yeah. but I'm just saying, he wouldn't win as many... Like, like, he wins fights, clearly. I just think it's funny that, like... He he and Vin 
are basically unbeatable. And I got to think that that character might lose a fight or two. I did have a note I was looking at previous notes, I think from the fourth installment of Fast and the Furious. And one of my notes was that Paul Walker has some of the toughest skin of anyone. The way that he gets pummeled in some of these movies or gets in car wrecks or whatever it is, like he's he's always unscathed, it seems like. Yes. Not a drop of blood coming out of his nostril. And that's actually right. another thing, too, just a side street. There was a couple scenes here I noticed. Is this is this a rated R movie or is it PG-13? Because there's no blood in this movie. Guys are getting shot up and there's dead bodies laying all over Brazil. And you don't see, like, pools of blood or blood splattering. I think they've done a of uh, an intentional job of trying to limit the gore in these movies, despite how many people actually die. It's a good question. That is good blowing up. You're right. And Brian O'Connor to Judd's point. I counted this. He had three of them. Loves a Superman punch. Loves the jump, the jump punch. I counted three of them in that first chase scene. Yes. He loves the Superman punch, the Roman reigns. I'm going to jump up and punch you type of type of hit, which I find hilarious. He's part of the, he's part of the tribe, part of the tribe. Oh, good call, Phil. PG-13. Is it PG-13? It It struck me because it's like there's so much death and there's there's violence and there should be more gore, but they don't swear a lot and they don't bleed a lot. So smart move. It's another calculated move to get this thing up to a half billion dollars at the box office, make it available to 13-year-olds, right? Six is the same way. PG-13. There you go. Fast and Furious 6. Okay. Back to death. All right. My next statement. I love how it took one hour and 20 minutes, because I paused it when I noticed this part, for Dom Toretto to not be wearing a black sleeveless shirt or a black V-neck. <laughs> he loves, like, if, if it, it, we should honestly do a write that down. Every part of this movie, all the, all, in all of these movies, Dom Toretto was either wearing a black sleeveless shirt or, like, a very medium black V-neck. Yeah. Always throughout this entire movie, whether he's racing cars or beating people up, those are his two looks, and then also with this chain on. Hopefully, the scene where they kind of, which is actually genius of them, they like this is Brazil, where they lead the cops obviously to Brazil, and they put the guns on them. Ludacris's character puts the tracker on the cop car. He's now wearing a white wife beater. It took okay. one hour and twenty minutes for Dom Toretto to actually change up his classic wardrobe into the you know the next option for Dom, which is a classic white white beater which i found you know what though you know why he does that he's the steve jobs of car thieves and of street racing he wants to wake up in the morning steve jobs wants to wake up in the morning and i my my only mental bandwidth i want to devote to building technology i don't want to think about what i'm going to wear i don't want to put any extra mental energy into i'm going to wear black turtlenecks and t-shirts if i'm dom Toretto, i just want to think about heists and winning money in car races, just give me a tight black T-shirt, maybe a white one once in a while. I don't want to think about it in the morning. He's an innovator. That's how I look at it. So I like it. Okay, my next statement is, I'm pretty sure this is the movie where non-wrestling fans I... were introduced to The Rock. Yep. He's been, like, so he was in The Mummy Return. His first ever movie was The Mummy Returns, like, 10 years earlier. And that was a, that was a big box office movie, too. But it was mo- he was he was like a a barbarian type character. He didn't have like a personality or anything. And then he was in like fifteen other movies, the Game Plan or whatever, and the Tooth Fairy and a bunch uh, of other random stuff. Walk tall, like yeah, there walking was walking tall. Yeah, there was yeah. a couple of those random. I don't movies. think The Rock was great in 
this one in particular. You oh, shut your mouth. Yeah, when you're I, talking you I, I don't think he was great. What What's the one that we did that where he San Andreas? San Andreas. San Andreas. Yeah. A, I think he's really good in that one. And that wasn't San Andreas was like a few years later. Well, yeah. compared to this, I, I just felt like there was something about this one. And, and it makes sense if he and Vin. I blame uh, the writers. I blame the writers. I blame other. the director. Yeah, it, it feels like his role wasn't what it should have been. He maybe he should know his role and shut his, his mouth. mouth yeah. Is what is what Judd's saying. I'm just I'm just saying that it felt like his role was very complimentary, and he's the Rock, and I would have well, liked yeah, well, more. He, but that's the thing. That's so. This is that's kind of my point, which is if you were a wrestling fan in the '90s, like myself, or Declan came along in the early 2000s. I started becoming a fan of The Rock in 1997 as a wrestling fan, and yeah. and then he became. So at this point, I had known The Rock and his personality and his physique and everything for like a decade and a half. But if you didn't watch Attitude Era wrestling movies and you didn't watch The Tooth Fairy, this was probably your first introduction. And he wasn't. He was he was headlining smaller movies. He was yeah. not headlining half billion dollar at the box office movies okay. at this point. This movie, in fact. If you look at this little three-year run for The Rock, yeah. So he does Fast Five, then he then he launches his own production company, Seven Bucks Production, which eventually became like now his production company pretty much produces all the movies he makes. And then he headlined WrestleMania in Miami in front of like eighty thousand people, including Ol' Macadac, all in like a three-year stretch. Yeah, and then and then and Fast Six came along. Yeah. So this is where he burst on the scene as a as a mainstream superstar, I think, if my recollection is correct. This seems like, uh, yeah, where he he kind of blasted off, if you will, right? Like th- th- he was he was he had shed some of the WWE narrative, but people mostly just knew him still for wrestling. I think this is the first one where he literally was like, "Oh no, this is a legit Hollywood actor guy who loves you know is his is his acting questionable degree fine? Like he's not no, Leo it was perfect." But uh, but I think he finally shed he finally shed some of the like the narrative of of those wrestlers that that are that are trying to be naked in yeah. Hollywood. And I thought he this did. This isn't well. Hulk Hogan in No Holds Barred, yeah. which by the Thunder way Lips. I thought about putting that in here. We should do it. It's not <laughs> Thunder Lips. Controversial take: Dwayne Johnson would be a better Dom Toretto than Vin Diesel. Wow! If you, you had cast him in that role originally, he would be a better Dom. Interesting. So I don't know. I disagree. I think uh, with him as Luke Hobbs and the way he barks at his henchman, Phil, it like literally reminded me of him cutting a promo. Like you're gonna do this and blah blah mm-hmm. blah blah. Like the way he's his cadence and the way he talks, it literally reminds me of him cutting a promo in wrestling. So Fast Five, the one thing that that among the things that that Phil read that is not brought up that we saw is it became much more of a buddy comedy though. So like you got you got a lot more like fun again. PG thir- thirteen, right? Mm-hmm. Dwayne Johnson is better at that, in my opinion, than Vin. The mm. buddy comedy, Dwayne, but Dwayne is definitely a more natural entertainer than yes. Vin. And, and by the way, I think Vin. This is there's a whole street here to go down. Uh huh. But That's far, what we I do think here. part of the angst between Vin and The Rock is that v- Vin, by this point, was a household name megastar, and The Rock has kind of come in since and eclipsed him yep. times 10 in terms of like world popularity and yep. net worth and everything. And so I think there's a little bit of alpha tension between the two of those guys and that Vin doesn't want to give up his spot as the alpha of this franchise, but like right. the rock is the alpha of Hollywood. Yes. So there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. And it's also like, I feel like the rock 
he's one of the only stars, and maybe it's coming down the pipeline, but the guy has been in the public spotlight for almost 30 years, played football at Miami in the early 90s, and then was one of the biggest superstars in wrestling, and then Hollywood and production. He's never had a scandal. Hell, his ex-wife, Danny Garcia, is now running his businesses. Yeah, they're like... It's like friends with his ex-wife, yeah, they're even. Like they're cordial and stuff, yeah. So he's he's this... It's it's kind of crazy that he's gone through his whole career, and there's been really no dust-ups, there's been no arrests, there's been no controversies, no court cases, he's nothing. Perfect. He's the perfect human. For, for now, anyways, until something <laughs> I'm comes out you, about him. I, I think his sense of comedic timing for a film like this beats Vin, but Vin has to be it now. So and yeah, I, anyway. I, I mean, I, I agree that the rock is a brighter star than Vin Diesel. Yeah. And, and you, you didn't see it as much in this movie, but I'm guessing you probably see it going forward a little bit more. Right. Okay. All right. My next statement is this among all of the blood and gore and death in this film. The one thing that I was glad was that their friend Vince finally died. I can't <laughs> stand that guy. Guys. An he's, He's an ass and he's not a great character. Like, like he doesn't, it's just like, first of all, his character was supposedly trying to sell the chip back, which would basically undermine the entire thing. Right. And then like, a, after he does one thing to help, um, to help, uh, um, Toretta's sister, then it's like, Oh, you're part of the family again. Welcome back. And then yeah. they finally kill him. And even his death is unremarkable. Like he just gets in the car and he's been shot and then you know he dies. And it's, he's, it's just a boring scene. He's Randy Dobnak. You know, you, you, you if you're going to go from one place to another and get to the yeah. next level as a franchise, you can't have Randy Dobnak starting Game Three at Yankee Stadium anymore. Oh, you I just got to you got to you got to. I don't want to say kill him off because. <laughs> but know, his I'm, death was boring but, too. It's like he's on the slab. It's like okay, yeah. you know, now it's personal or something. Like, there was nothing about that character that I cared about, and I'm glad he died. Yeah, well, that's part of the challenge of this movie was how do we blend old characters with yep. new characters? How do we take characters that were part of different Fast and the Furious movies even right. and put them into a mixing pot? Like, how do we get everyone together in an Ocean's Eleven sort of way and carry some forward and get rid of others? Yep. And then and make the franchise something that it hasn't been so far. And, you know, Vince was, again, Vince was, hey, he helped you get to the playoffs, helped you get to the box office, but he's not needed for fast six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And, and so and you had to Brian's send him down to AAA. And, outrage towards towards Vince is so boring, too. Uh, it's, like, but it's like you want know, to fight him constantly. Brian it's got like, treated like crap by Vince yeah. in the first couple movies, and you no, know, I and know, he got his, and he got the girl that Vince always wanted. So, like, there's naturally always going to be that bravado of like, haha, yeah. bleeper, I got her and you didn't. I might have been tempted to kill Vince off camera, and that dude, see you later, bye. You it's mean he's, you wouldn't even had him in the movie? Is that what you're yeah, saying? I I would uh. just he got killed. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. I think it was he was a good pawn for where they needed to go. 
Hey, Dax. So we, we just briefly talked about it there, and, and we mentioned in our production's note. But yeah, this movie, is this is the Ocean's Eleven of Fast Five. That's literally, I had that written down throughout the middle of the movie. And even what really like kind of solidified it for me, not just the callbacks and the reintroduction of characters like Vince or Gibson uh, or even Gal Gadot, but for me what really like screamed Ocean's Eleven moment was the bathroom scene. Where they explode oh. that bath, which is oh, like the septic. Oh, that guy God. got out of so there good. too, just like like oh, like whoops, I got. I guess my pants. No one... I would be puking. I would be. I just just <laughs> yeah. put me out right there. If I if I like Declan, we can just kill you. I'd be like, yeah, just kill me. I don't want to ever live with this for the rest of my life. <laughs> that moment alone, how they cut the wall out, they put the sensor in there, like that. I was like, I was like, this is Ocean's Eleven. I've never, I never really, I kind of was triggering towards there, towards the, the beginning of the movie with all the people coming back in. But that bathroom scene alone, I was like, oh, this is car racing. And there's the fun race, you know, before the end of the movie. And then obviously the ending with, with the safe in the back. But really, this is just a heist. This is just a heist with all the, all the gang getting back together. They're confident in their plan, just like Ocean's Eleven is too. It's, it's Ocean's Eleven with fast cars. That's what it is. It is. That's what it is. You could have even said that in the like the the Rotten Tomatoes summary of this movie could have been Ocean's Eleven with fast cars and the Rock Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Basically. How does that bathroom though basically blow up and the cop just runs out like Declan said? He would have gotten shot oh, in that, the that, air that, or that, something, uh, and and it, it would have been a cool scene. That's how you want to know how old Macadac felt in his old Seattle townhouse when he put a nail through a septic pipe. Oh, and gross. the septic water started squirting down his arm as he held his thumb oh. in the hole trying to figure out what his next move was. Oh, it was kind of like that scene. I love those kinda two, like too, by the way. Those, those two guys, Hector and uh, I forget the other guy's name. But the, yeah. those, those guys are just great comic relief throughout the entire... Like, let's be honest. They... Are they one hundred percent needed? They go to, they go, they go to needed? Monaco, right? Yeah, <laughs> like they're, they're just kind of goofballs, but they're, but they're needed. They're needed. I like. Yeah, it. you need guys like that. I have one more okay. for now. Just it kind of Judd kind of brought it up already, but. Of all of the unrealistic things in this movie, the beginning of the yes. movie, it seemed, and maybe we're talking about the same thing, but it seems like a really unsafe way to stop the bus. Dude. Okay, so you're trying to get you're trying to get Dom out of this oh. prisoner bus, right? Oh. And so yeah. your strategy is we're all there, and they're, they they got to all be driving like 75, 80 miles an hour minimum on some desert road, and so their strategy is. Let's derail the bus and flip it a hundred times going yep. 75 to 80 miles an hour and just cross our fingers that Dom lives through the crash. <laughs> and no and one else away. Hurt. We've got them all except for Dom. Like, how does Dom not have 15 broken bones yep. and facial lacerations? My first note in my note section was opening scene. I don't know which is less believable. The fact Brian is able to flip over the bus with next to no damage to his car, it looked like. I mean, his car was probably, you know, banged up, but it didn't look like his car got, you know, crumbled. Or the fact they say in the news report, no one was killed. No one was yeah. killed in that bus flipping over a hundred times? <laughs> Dude, what? They're all Same. caught, man. They're all caught. Well, how, how about the train? The train heist. Yeah, the train yeah. heist was awesome. You hook up to a train, and the train doesn't, like, no, like, like it took those... The, they've got the DEA on board, right? Because they're concerned. Yeah, they're the all DEA just uh, they're guys, drinking champagne and the <laughs> guys don't notice anything. Like you've just would you? But would you? Train. You wouldn't feel it, would you? It's a train. So. Like you're rolling. You're you're rolling on tracks at a hundred miles an hour. Or whatever. I think, you're going. I think somebody would feel something. Yeah, Are yeah, there yeah. side view mirrors that you can look at? Well, you'd be. Oh. 
But I mean, they they literally smacked the and, and then they're sawing through it. I mean, I gotta think something would alert you, <laughs> Brian. But anyway, yeah, this entire film. If you start to question it, yeah. it's no fun. So I just like bought in. <laughs> I said, screw it. I'm I'm just gonna buy in. I've just never seen so many people party in a warehouse in which they stay the entire time and for the most part never get caught. Yeah, yeah. Brian's face when they're going off that ridge with the car after the train heist like oh crap you know like it's classic like keanu and and um paul walker face of oh man and he's just like he's ready for it too i love how ready he is for this scene yeah and they jump and that that special effect was not good no like you can see the cars are like against a a a blue screen Mm -hmm. no and like they're like rolling like like that that was one where I might have said, boys, it's two thousand what eleven or thirteen at the time. I don't think the public I don't think they're gonna buy this part. I think we need to do something different besides jump the cars into a canyon. Maybe so the one hundred twenty five million dollar budget. Maybe they were running up around one hundred twenty four million and they were like, ah, it's just uh let's go to a Hollywood so studio yeah. green screen this thing, not blue screen. Are you guys ready for the definitive villain rating here? Is there anything else any other quick statements you want to get off your a uh, quick yeah. one for me was I love the callbacks to the previous ones too, where you know we hungry. Tyree's character says we hungry. He says that to mm. him, and, and too fast, too furious, too. Uh, you're still saying grace, still a buster. There's a bunch of little subtle quotes in this movie that I'm like oh, like I remember they triggered my brain of oh that's in had to, ma- had the to first make a one. call. Second one, the fourth one, like there's a bunch yeah. of those little connectors. Yeah, they might subtly miss, but I I love that. I thought that was really cool. All right, so uh, with these action movies, we have two different ranking categories on a 1 to 10 scale. The definitive villain rating with the criteria being how iconic, ruthless, and charismatic is the villain. So we'll start there. All right, so here's my question for you guys. Is Reyes the villain? Yeah. Or is Hobbs the villain? It's Reyes. probably Reyes, right? It's, it's Reyes. Yeah. Hobbs but... is one of the anti-heroes. He's, and, he's they help, the... and he helps out at the end. Yeah, it's yeah. Reyes for sure. So Reyes is the villain here, and uh, so we rebooted Action Movie Rewind, and we will, on that podcast feed, I'm going to try and post everything from the old version to the new version. Everything we've done, I'll put it on that podcast feed, but in the new rebooted version, the only villain to get a 10 score from all three of us was Cyrus the Virus from Con Air. That's great. And the next few are Caster Troy from Face Off, Dom Toretto from the original Fast and the Furious before he became an antihero. Yep. The Aliens from Independence Day, Chong Lee from Bloodsport, Surfer Bodie from Point Break. At the bottom of the list are uh, the British car-loving gangster from Gone in 60 Seconds, Arturo Braga from Fast 4, and Senator Trent from Hard to Kill are the worst villains that we've done. So yep. on a 1 to 10 scale, how would you rate Reyes from Fast 5? Exactly the same as Arturo What's-His-Face from Fast 4. Exactly. The, yeah. the main... the the bad guy is inconsequential. He's always a moron who thinks he's smart. You know, they're getting away with my money. Kill them now. You know, it's just like the the franchise is so successful that you can have this stereotypical stupid character and it still works. So I do not give him the, to me, the villain, if he hadn't even been in the film, he'd be like, okay, but it's still, the uh, it's still fast five. So anyway, same exact score for me. So, uh, so, well, it was a 3.3, so you want it to be a three or a three? three? Okay. A three. I just don't care. Yeah. It's, it's I'm doing math here. 
It's okay. amazing how uh, incompetent some of these like bad guys are in these movies where it's like, is this Reyes character really even needed? You know, like, he, right. I mean, he is because they're, they're trying to steal his money for sure. Um, but yeah. he, like he does nothing. I love his death. He gets just, you know, that the hood of that car just gets whoosh, like rammed right mm. off. That was kind of cool. But oh, in terms man. of in terms of his impact in the film, he's he's a three. He's a three out of ten. The rock just shoots him. I actually went lower than you guys. I went I went two. It's yeah. just for all the reasons you said. He's just he's just he's there as just a a pawn on a chessboard for all the other characters. You you have to have a villain of some kind. Yep. You don't want the villain to outshine Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, The Rock. And so he just he's just a mechanism for those guys to get their stuff in, to get their moves in, to get their to get their lines in and everything. So that means uh, it's a 2.7 composite ranking, which makes it the second uh, worst or least noteworthy villain that we've done in the reboot here. All right. So uh, now we get to let me uh, mark this now. Okay. 2.7. Okay. Entertainment value, just one to 10 scale. How entertained were you? watching this movie the top five action movies we've reviewed on this scale are con air a 9.7 top gun maverick independence day fast and the furious and top gun the original followed by air force one and face off those all were an eight or better the worst movies we've done in the reboot are days of thunder gone in 60 seconds fast and furious four and hard to kill judd this was a little bit long but it was fun um I, I'm going to give it a 7.5. Okay. Okay. It was fine. I really enjoyed this film. I had never seen it either. Um, I love the callbacks. I love the kind of new twist on the franchise from it just going to a bunch of random street races to actually more of a heist and the Ocean's Eleven vibe. I'm going to give this a 9. This wow. is a 9 out of 10 for me. I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself uh, throughout this entire film. And when I saw the runtime classic, I think by Zalgadian sports dads rubbing out, I was like, ah, 210. Oh, this is well, going to be a thing. Lengthy. Uh, lengthy. Even when I saw, because I originally pu- pulled up TBS to watch this, but then there was baked in ads. So then I was like, all right, let me use my other methods and figure out how I can watch this with ad That's free. What I and uh, and and I loved it. I thought it was a it was a nine out of ten for me. I enjoyed it. I hate to be Buzz Killington here, boys, but it's a six for me. Six? I was for all the buildup. It's been ten years of buildup for me listening to people rave about this movie. This is the best of the franchise. It's the, like The Rock is one of my favorite entertainment characters and i just uh i actually like the original car racing premise of this franchise better than this there are better heist movies out there there are better heist franchises in terms of like action franchises you know give me rocky give me indiana jones give me um, oh no not not for me do get and even even like indiana jones no give me born give me bond give me mission impossible it's fine it's entertaining I thought after a 10-year buildup, I was a little underwhelmed by Fast Five. Hmm. In 10 years. I have never seen a Bourne film. Oh, my God. Really? Never. I, don't, I almost don't know if they'd be good for action movie rewatch. Yeah, they're too good. They're very... I've never seen a Bourne like film. They're really good and tactical. They're not, like, funny. There's no themes. But you should... You, I think you would really enjoy at least well, the Matt first Damon. couple. Big hmm? Damon fan. I, I said I'm a big... <laughs> Damon fan, a little Matt, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Little Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt um, Nas Reed. So uh, that gives it a 7.5. Fast Five okay. is a 7.5. It sits right between Point Break and Twister in our rankings. It's smack dab 
in the middle of town a little bit. I did. I apologize. People can hammer me in the comment section if they want to. It kicks Twister's ass. I will say that. I don't know about that. Twister's a great one. Twister's hilariously funny, but again, that was um, special effects, very 1996. So the next action movie we're going to do is Bullet Train in a few weeks from now, but next week's movie rewind is Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, Rom-com God. rewind. Oh, Crazy Stupid Love. Seen it twice. Oh, Great it's, film. It's so I've seen good. it about a hundred times. I don't know. I've seen it twice, and I think within the last probably like year and a half, I've even watched it twice, but it, it is an all-time great one. I can't it's going to score very well. I can tell you that right now. Should be plenty of fodder here. So, All right, there it is. The Mackie and Judd movie review franchise is back for the summer here. So, yeah, let us know what you think in the YouTube comment section, and we will give you a heads up when we launch that podcast feed so you can go and binge any of these that you haven't been able to consume in the past three or four years. So thank you for hanging out with us. That's Action Movie Rewind. 